welcome to Life on Purpose with Cam podcast. Thank you so much for joining me, Jay. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm definitely honored and just privileged to be able to speak with someone like yourself. I am Cam, your host. Thank you for tuning in and taking a moment to listen to what we have to share on episode four. I'm super excited about it. Um, Just everything that I will personally glean and everyone else that will listen in um, again and again to just um, be able to pull a purpose out of it. So I definitely want to um, introduce you to those that may not be familiar with you. Um, I've known you to, you know, just the small research that I've done on you. I think I formally was introduced through you or to you through Elam King, someone that I met here in Atlanta. And then I started following you through him. Excuse me. And so I have you down as an international speaker. Like you hold a lot of great titles, a speaker, an author, an actor, an adolescent specialist, and then a family therapist. But outside of the titles um, that you carry and that you walk in, you know, this episode is, is geared towards the purpose behind those, if you will. So if you could just kind of take a little moment to kind of share with everyone about those titles and, and what those, you know, mean to you. Oh, wow. Um, and when you say it, say them all. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot. I do a lot. But no, I, 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 I think, um, you know, we, 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 we should all look to do a lot and to really extend ourselves uh, with the gifts and the skill set that God has has given us. Um, I, I, you know, I left the professional football arena uh, probably back in 2006 uh, when football came to an end for me. And so um, I, I had a lot of struggles with, with depression and maybe and, um, and kind of, you know, we'll kind of dive into that a little later of the conversation. Okay. But um, but for the most part, um, you know, as, as many athletes, um, we spend so much time focusing on that one thing. Uh, but I remember growing up as a kid, I always wanted to 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 be a, a, a preacher uh, like my father. My father has been pastoring for 30 years. My wow. father played football. And so I wanted to be an athlete. Uh, but I just wanted to do a lot of, of different things. And so I think after football and really having the opportunity to explore. And I think that's something that, um, you know, I'm part of the 80s baby generation. So okay. I, and I think that's something that we didn't get an opportunity to actually do because we were not raised in right. that manner. You know, we were raised yep. to really live inside of a box. You know, you yep. go to school or you find a good job and yep. you stay there mm-hmm. for 20, 30 years. You get your pension and you get your gold watch and you go home and you die. And so yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want that life, man. And so uh, for me, it's, it's, it's been a blessing to, to really uh, exercise all of the unique gifts that God has given me. Um, I've always loved writing. Um, I, I began writing in college. It was a great coping uh, mechanism for me and a great outlet mm-hmm. for a lot of the uh, emotional and mental things that I was dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I began theater in high school, so I've always loved acting. Oh. And, um, and and I've always been able to get up in front of people. Um, I started speaking when I was nine. And so um, I, I gave my first message to about a couple of hundred people uh, okay. in my mom's church. And so and after that, I began working actively in my dad's church. So everything that I'm that I am now 
Um, okay. you, that, that, there were snippets uh, and glimpses of it when I was a child. And so uh, okay. God has just opened up uh, the, the doors and expanded uh, the opportunities for me to be able to, 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 to do it on a, a scale to allow young people to see that, you know, you can be more than what, you know, uh, you've heard, uh, what you've seen, and, right. and most definitely be more uh, than what you even know and, and really exploring the possibilities um, that there is limitless opportunities if, you know, okay. we open ourselves up to them. Wow. And I like what you, um, thank you for sharing that. I like what you said in regards to you were becoming, right? All of those titles and, um, you know, things that I mentioned in the beginning. So in your adolescent years, nine years old, speaking in front of a hundred people and so on and so forth, you were becoming the person that we know today and the person that we'll still continue to get to know years from now. And it's interesting that you put it that way because in your book, um, one of the books that I'm reading of yours that's titled um, Letters to a Young Queen, you said something in there, I think, that says, always think beyond your current situation. Tomorrow always comes and brings with it its judgment um, from the attitude that you display today. And so that kind of stood out to me just in what you just shared in regards to coming up being an 80s baby and going through everything that you went through I would like to believe that you wrote that you know during a time when you weren't in those situations but that stuck with you and right. remember that that attitude determines your altitude you know it's a, it's, right. a, it's a quote that we throw around but it's really true right absolutely absolutely yeah I, I saw that in the book and then I saw another one that kind of stuck out and that stood out in this book um was it said perception is reality instead of losing your cool um keep it Simple, right, right? Yeah, a queen yeah. a queen never comes off her throne to engage in meaningless acts and i'll yeah. be honest with you like i refer to myself as a queen and i know that but i had to read that like three times like cam no reread that you are don't come off of your throne to engage in meaning, meaningless acts could relate um just to that writing alone so right yeah and and i I think that's critical because um whether you are a 13 year old um young girl or a 33 year old um young lady um, i i think um especially now with social media right there's so many Mm -hmm. different there, there's so many invitations uh, to engage in meaningless conversations, um, oh, yeah. uh, meaningless, you know, what I'm saying chats and debates and all those different things. And so uh-huh. uh, when I wrote this book, um, I was actually mentoring about 30 girls that I began working with uh, okay. on the southwest side of Houston. And um, the principal uh, happened to be uh, um, um, a woman um, and the superintendent was a woman as well. And so uh and they gave me an opportunity to work with these girls. They had worked with a a girls mentoring pro- program prior to that, mm-hmm. and, but they read about my program. And they said, "Hey, you know, we would love to have you on." And um, you know, I, I really want to see if your program will work. And from a male perspective, and it w- and it was phenomenal. And uh, that book was inspired because at the end of the program, I had these girls for a total of about five months for most of the. Uh, spring semester and so 
at the end of the program, the girls, I mean, we had opened their minds to so many different things. We have done uh, soul work. We have done, uh, mm. um, you know, a, a lot of work uh, uh, challenging their views on life based on their environment. So uh, we took them to different uh, restaurants and sightseeing, and we really opened up their minds to a lot of different things. And one of the young ladies from Mr. J, you know, I've loved this program. This has been a phenomenal program. But she says, you know, when I leave your program, because we, we, we had an opportunity to work with these girls twice a week. And okay. so she said, when I leave these program, I go back into an environment. And these are her exact words. She said, I go back into an environment that does not see me as a queen. And she uh-huh. says, what can she says, you know, what can I do? And at the moment, at the time, I was working with a very a great team um, publicist that says, hey, listen, man, I think you have what it takes to write a book for girls. Wow. And so and, and in my mind, I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but um, and uh, I prayed on it and I, I told uh, the publicist at the time, I said, give me about three or four months. Let me see what I can put together. And okay. I just went in the lab because I, I, I journal and I document a lot working with yeah. kids and okay. so I didn't realize man I had so much content to create the book and and uh, we uh, I wrote the book we um, put an editor on it um, that was from Lebanese I mean if I'm sorry okay. from Lebanon and okay. she went through the book she had little girls and she said Jay this is phenomenal and I'm like listen don't lie to me like be real is it do you think this is good enough to um, you know to, to, to put out she says Jay I would love for my girls, her girls were like three and four. She said, but I would love for them to to read this as a teenager, to hear this from a man. And so we released the book and, and to be honest, uh, it's been life changing. Um, and and then when I released it, and just for those listeners and just to give them this encouragement, there are times that God will place something in your heart that does not agree even with the people around you so you have to be so connected to what he placed on your heart that way you're mm-hmm. not um, you're not sidetracked or you're not discouraged when people okay. don't agree with it and one of the things is like because the, the title of the book was letters to a young queen right and so i never right. forget this lady said you know i think you're copying hill harper and i was like you mm-hmm. know and i said well why do you say that well he wrote a book for letters to a young sister and uh-huh. so just as you know very and i can be that uh i can be very diplomatic at times and uh, okay. and so i said to the lady i said to be honest ma'am hill harper's is one of my favorite authors uh, i love the guy and i said I, I know the book that he wrote and i said i'm very familiar with it but i said however his book cannot address a biracial or a asian or white or hispanic girl so okay. because they do not identify with the terminology sister okay i said when i wrote uh when i uh created the title letters to a young queen that can be anyone from any race any ethnicity any walk of life because it's, it's not based off of a creed or color it's based off a code of conduct you know what i mean it, it, it based off of character you know how you think and feel about yourself and she was just like uh, she was just kind of like oh uh, I didn't mean any harm or just I just I said no it's good because sometimes we can jump to and, and I'm a very intentional yeah. person so I knew exactly okay. 
what I wanted because I've I've spoken to schools all over this country. Uh, I've 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 delivered you know the poem "Little Girl" from the book, and white girls okay. have cried to me, Indian wow. girls, Asian girls. You know what I mean? Like so, I have been able to speak in the lives of many young girls that are not black, and right. and for me the message and the vision that God showed me is that he wanted me to, you know, mentor, minister, and build and develop young people across the board. Because if you're looking at where we're going in the society, is that uh, you you, you know, the majority of the world, uh, about 2030, is going to be brown people from all walks of life. And so, Mm -hmm. and beyond that, but I think if we can just build young people across the board, it allows us to create something that will outlive us for generations to come that they can pass down to their children's children and so that's and that's what it's about and that's and and that's what you and that's what you can identify what real purpose is yeah i agree i can definitely agree and relate and listen i don't want to give the book away so i'm definitely going to give you time at the end to let um, the listeners know where they can find it um, because there's an acronym that how you wrote down the word queen so I recommend every young woman every um, anyone that that needs to be inspired um, what you know a queen is and how you should walk in that um, I definitely recommend that you get the book and we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, but you know on to the family therapist um, that that title that you hold um, what would what would you say is like the best part of being a therapist is for you? Oh man, uh, it's so many different um, uh, things that I enjoy about being a therapist, and especially a black male uh, therapist. It's, it's been uh, it it was a beautiful journey, even on the lows, uh, because it, it 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 helped me to understand a lot about myself a lot about my family and of course you know through that process it's like you're constant you're constantly uncovering different theories and breaking down and understanding certain patterns of behavior uh certain uh structures of functioning um you're understanding you know even the structures of dysfunction and, and how different systems create us as individuals and okay. so one of the things that I really embrace is I, I love to get families to understand where they are as a family. And um, and I think what is even greater is that, you know, when people bring their kids in, uh, they they uh, they always think that it's the kid. And, and the one thing that we that we learn in therapy is that no one person is the problem and no one person is the issue it is a system that has created the issue that has been manifested through the family members or through the individual and so it's, it's beautiful to bring the family together that says you know yeah my son is acting out my son is doing this but the the the, the behavior uh is just symptoms um the acting out is just symptoms it's not the real problem and so uh when you bring families together that they help them understand that every member of the family plays a role uh and a very important role every family member is a individual system as part of a system as a whole and everyone has a role to play in how he or she develops 
whether it's from a healthy or unhealthy place because many of us as adults today we are individuals but who we are as an individual many of our issues have manifested from our family structure you know and so and how uh that uh uh, that was exhibited or modeled before us and so i i really enjoy that and um i i enjoy uh allowing family members to see that i'm not here to fix you but Mm -hmm. you get to do the work and so that's the difference in between therapy and even in coaching uh, a lot of coaching is like coaching you're kind of doing the work you're trying to show them and but therapy you're able to use certain models and, and, and certain methods to allow the family to see oh, okay this is where the dysfunction is however yeah. you have the ability to fix this as a family unit because again okay. when you come to me my goal is not to fix the people my goal is to fix the structure in which the people or individuals function in and that will eventually change the family members because if you focus on changing people right you want to drive yourself crazy that's what i love about family therapy is like from a clinical perspective is that i can do a genogram and i can uh, uh, break down a family system and can show you that your current behavior manifested from two to three generations ago and so wow. uh, and uh yeah and, and it's really dope and so i i enjoy learning and um, i just enjoy really getting an opportunity to really help families uh gain insight uh mm-hmm. to know that they're not crazy uh to just you know really help them uh really identify that everyone's behavior has manifested from an experience whether okay. it was a good or bad or 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 um, traumatic experience and how do we move to the point that you guys want to be as a family and so and uh and i, I, I truly enjoy that uh, and from the mental health side and digging the layers um, because there's a difference uh in uh in understanding the dynamics of being depressed and feelings of sadness because they're, they're both not one and the same you know sadness is sadness is attached uh to situational or circumstantial and depression has symptoms and so really breaking down because a lot of times a lot of people are not depressed they just they're just sad and wow. helping them to clarify what that is what that looks like and allowing them to be the expert in their own story and okay. uh it's a joy to uncover and connect the dots and that's what i do i tell them i'm not trying to fix a puzzle but i i'm here to take the pieces of your puzzle and to help you understand how each piece plays an intricate role and how it, it, it validates you know uh, where you are wow okay that's a lot of sense what do you say um jay to the stigma that you know people often say I don't want to tell a stranger my problems. I don't think that I need therapy because I don't want to talk to a stranger about some of the things that I'm going through. What do you say to that? Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, uh, rightfully so, uh, that everyone is entitled to protect uh, their, uh, I, I don't want to call it intellectual property in a sense. It, it somewhat is, but on the other side of it, everyone has that right to want to protect their emotional and mental state and a lot of times when you're looking at going to therapy it is it's very it's it's very scary um it's very um 
it's it's a very oh, difficult right. process because uh, I think you know, especially growing up uh, in the African American community, right? Like you, you just you didn't tell people your business. No, you know, uh, <laughs> it it was it was a you know unspoken rule that what goes on in this house stays in this house. Right, and I think to our detriment, right, it has created a lot of repression in mm-hmm. us and a lot of suppression and so we repress uh emotions we suppress you know uh, uh thoughts and feelings and so we 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 were never given the opportunity to even speak of how we feel and so what i always tell people is and, and when you're looking for a therapist is, and and that's the reason why i believe god encouraged me to go back to school and become a therapist because i didn't you know, I've been going to therapy since I've been struggling with my own issues and, and I saw okay. the benefits. But what what I realized is that uh, no black person uh, that I know in my circle okay. would ever go see a white therapist out okay. of the presumptions of what may, you know, how they may look. Uh, okay. And so, it doesn't mean that that's accurate, but however, um, it has to be validated because again, right, it, it's just not comfortable for, and I never, you know, forget, and I was very open. I've always been open. My mother was like, you going in there telling that white man all your business, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I get it because, you know, the history of, behind. you know, behind whites and black, you know, it, 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 it set a precedence that, you know, hey, we can work, but you know yeah. I'm not going to open up to you. So yeah, uh, can you so, relate? Right, right. Do you know? yeah, you can't relate, and so mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons why I thought it was important for me to finish the process and to continue okay. working because I wanted to be that person that can relate, wow. and uh, because I I work with a, a black counselor. He was an older gentleman. He was okay. Uh, he he was more scripture based. Uh, not mm-hmm. theory and practical and so yeah um, he, he was okay but i was just kind of like yo i know the scriptures but like i i need to figure how do out apply how to you know how do i apply this and so for me yeah. i wanted to become that so i could be uh to others what i didn't have but also so we can see someone that looks like us and and i get it when people don't want to talk to you know somebody that don't look like them and i mean i, I mean you think about it i, I know some people that that see uh, they say, hey, I went in to go see a therapist and, uh, you know, it was a white lady because the majority of clinicians are either uh, white or black females or white males and older uh-huh. males. So you don't see a lot of young black males like myself. And so I think that's important because when I'm at the practice and a young 12 year old kid come in, man, they're, they're like lit up. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm at my practice with you know, with a with a hoodie on and some dope kicks, some, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just, man, it, it, it's like they lose weight and they come in, I'm like, yo, what's good, young king? And they just, yeah. you could just see the load lifted. And yeah. from that point, they identify that mm-hmm. it's okay. And right. they, because they the see majority, a safe space. So right, be because the majority of us, you know, whether you're 10 or 50, you know, we just want a safe space. And so- right. I think that's important for people. If, and if you don't feel safe in going into a session or after a session with the therapist, you know, I always say discontinue and, and keep looking. And that's okay. why, you know, I think it's important for us to have more 
black uh, LPC counselors and uh, marriage and family therapists. Uh, okay. You know, we, we have quite a few uh, males in the social work realm, but I think we do need more males in the clinical side of it as a, the therapeutic side because, you know, there's a lot of um, traumatic PTSD, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression that black men are dealing with that I, that I think that educated uh, credible and uh, relatable men can really be advantageous to these brothers. Okay. Wow. So we, we definitely talked about, you know, what your purpose means to you. Um, and when you discovered it, you said it very early on. Um, I'm reminded of something that uh, Miles Monroe said. I, I follow him. He said, uh, was definitely someone great that I model, try to model myself. Oh, after. yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he said something. Oh my um, God. Yeah, yeah, like he's the greatest. And so oh, yeah. he said something about your purpose uh, will frustrate you until you do it. Oh, yeah, and, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I experienced that even before launching the podcast and titled it um, Life on Purpose. And, you know, 2020, I do words of the year. And so purpose is my, is my word for the year. And, you know, stepping into it, it allowed me to meet people and connect with people um, such as yourself that was committed to doing life on purpose yeah so i'm, I'm just so yeah. grateful just to, to follow yeah. something like and i commend and i and said. i com- and i commend you on that it's funny you say that i was in the gym this morning before we we got on and i was talking to a young guy and i know um, who's trying to find his way and he he's asking me you know about purpose and things and i said wow. i said here's the thing man i said you know we, we always feel like we got to have all the answers and that we have to have everything figured out. And I said, man, the best thing I did several years ago, even when I wrote my first book, is I just got started. Yes. And I can tell you, on this journey, I'm, I'm, I started out on a radio show every Tuesday. Okay. Night, I, I bugged this guy for about a month. I said, man, let me get on on Tuesday nights and let me do a second. Uh-huh. And he says, all right, dude. He finally agreed. And I did a segment uh, called I'm Just Saying. And every Tuesday night from 7 to 8, I will uh-huh. get off work at 5, rush over to the radio station. I'll be on air for an hour. And uh, during this time, my the guy, he, he years in the radio uh, uh, business, and uh, he was battling prostate cancer. And so one of the things that i learned in the eight months that i i had this show every tuesday i was faithful i didn't miss i went out i i i i would create my own topics i okay. found i found my guests i created like a whole and he would just produce it he would be there the engineer and one wow. of the things that i was telling the guy i said what this did was it opened the door i met one of my mentors worked during this time and i just mean it i, I just began to connect with people and wow. the guy that I was working with, he ended up passing and tra- he ended up transitioning. And one okay. of the things that I gathered from Stevie T was that, you know, the moment that you begin to move toward purpose and see, and what people always think purpose is always going to change. And what wow. I mean about that is that it won't continue to look like how you start. And the purpose, wow. the purpose, like my, my purpose is to build young people, right? Okay. So which means I started out in radio. And mm-hmm. after being in radio for eight months, having my own show, uh, a lady who was listening in Wisconsin says, hey, man, you have got to write a book. Like, <laughs> I just think so. Anyway, yeah. I wrote my first book, you know, because this lady 
and then that book turned into another book and turned into but every and every pro and, and every project connected mm -hmm. me to someone else because the purpose was that I was building people now and as I'm building people the the uh, the spokes from the hub of building young people came in the form of books in the form of okay. speaking in the form of doing spoken words so in, and and now today what almost 10 years later I'm in the family I'm a family therapist wow. so it 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 purpose continues to evolve when you're working in it but as you're okay. working in it god will place people in your lives it's like you know on this yeah. journey you know uh i end up connecting with my now mentor uh alfred edmund jr the, the senior vp writer uh the senior okay. writer for black enterprise and it was always taking me somewhere and okay. and when you're doing purpose don't focus on where you're going just focus on doing so so many people get caught up on the destination like it's not a destination it's just a journey it's a yeah and it will continue to evolve because i could tell you um you know when i first started out i was i had a training business where i worked with athletes pro okay. college kids i had and at the time i was working with female athletes hockey players tennis players okay. volleyball so i've always always worked with the with uh i've always had a, a diverse group and i was able to diversify my skills and talents but mm -hmm. i knew that i wouldn't be training forever okay and i'm still mm -hmm. training but i'm training in a different aspect and uh -huh. so the purpose okay. will always evolve and i tell people remain open because you know today is a podcast and who knows tomorrow it's a clothing line you know right. who knows tomorrow it's it's a book or ebook so don't mm -hmm. box in purpose and limit yourself that it has to look like you know the idea that you have in your head and allow god to continue to evolve it in whatever okay. form that he see to make it impactful I mean, let's take a look at Kobe, right? He started yeah. it started off as basketball, but mm -hmm. it ended with books, um, yeah. short <laughs> films. So it just yeah. and but his 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 aspiration and his purpose was to touch people, and you can touch yeah. people in many different forms. Yeah. So I think so we just have to, I think we we have to quit boxing purpose in and quit putting this picture of what it should look like. That is so true, and I think everyone, um, you know, is going to come across purpose at at some stage or another. And so, what I want to talk about a little bit about what you do um, for yourself as far as self care tactics, because one of the, one of the other things that I heard um, Miles Monroe say on a clip was that um, a lot of people, um, you know, they can commit suicide right away, or they can commit it a slow one, and he went on to say that you know slow suicide is is when you don't commit to your purpose right that is always evolving and then you fill your life with other things that's fueling your behavior with a lack of discipline so i want you to kind of talk a little bit about self-care tactics to make sure that you do stay disciplined to not fall off into other things right yeah absolutely and, and two um just to really uh, uh verbalize i think so many times we think you know and let me just clarify purpose doesn't always pay so yes. you know so yes. so many people are always looking like well my purpose should be paying it doesn't purpose doesn't always pay uh but purpose will pay you the fulfillment that you're looking for mm -hmm. 
And that's what I truly believe is that it doesn't pay, doesn't always pay or doesn't have to pay, but it will pay you through the fulfillment and the joy that you get, you know, when you're operating in your purpose. Uh, It's just like, I know people who work nine to five jobs and Uh they love feeding the homeless man. And and like, they get such a joy. That's their purpose. You know what I mean? And we're always looking for a purpose to be attached to a job description. And that's not necessarily the case. And when you begin to find that thing that you enjoy, that you love, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, and sometimes it's doing for free you know what i'm saying yeah. like for me it's like i enjoyed speaking to kids i remember speaking to kids you know i was working with hundreds of kids in my program and after each workout i gave them like a five to seven minute talk and they loved okay. it and it wasn't yeah. the one kids like man you sound like a, a speaker or something but they didn't, <laughs> they didn't know my background from okay. you know being in the church because i never shared that because you know, yeah. I was just like, you know, I'm in a different space, but God brought it full circle. And full the kid circle, yeah. was like, yo, man. And and I and to be transparent, it was a little white kid. He had went home okay. and told his mom. And his mom came back. She says, My son comes home every workout talking about these talks that wow. you give. And she was just like, it's changed his mindset. And so for me, the self-care is always going back to what got you started what was that okay. burning desire what was that thing in your heart you know what I mean and so uh you know there's times most the majority of the time I'm traveling to speak you know uh because I'm paid but then okay. you know there's times where I I I, I open up you know what I'm saying myself to just go speak to schools for free you know okay. it's, especially the kids that you know the schools that you know maybe uh, a, a, a title one school and yeah, uh, they exactly. can't afford it and so I'm just like you know hey uh, don't worry about it I just want to come pour into the kids because yeah. that's where it all started for me yeah. and right I think and not knowing whose life you're gonna say yeah yeah man and so right. yeah and, and I'll and I'll you know reach out to some friends of mine I'm like hey man I want to donate books and they'll donate money we'll buy uh-huh. the books and we'll ship it and for me I think part of self-care is always giving yourself the care by rejuvenating your spirit you know uh, 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 to continue the journey because as we all get tired we all burn out and we all feel faint but I think you know what's important is when you find out what your purpose is and two it's a journey and because you may start out in something like uh i don't think that's it that's okay and you know you may start out you know uh from a place where you thought that was it and it wasn't but i always tell people that it comes from a place where you've experienced a lot of pain a lot of disappointment a lot of hurt and sometimes the purpose comes from a place of doubt that wow. you thought and I, these are all the things that I experienced as a young kid when my parents divorced so okay. out of all of those feelings and emotion God birthed this purposeful you know objective admission that I want to build kids in the way that I wasn't built and that's why okay. I enjoy teenagers I enjoy young people man because uh, my dad you know he, we, you know, the, the church was an old church and okay. you know we had youth day what every fifth Sunday and how many mm-hmm. fifth Sundays of the month do you have <laughs> you know what I mean and so right. uh, uh, 
you know, and I think it's important, you know, and that's that's how it began for me, and, and maybe for some, for like for yourself, this purpose uh-huh. is just this podcast, and and yeah. and we have to stop trying to uh, publicize purpose as this money making, you know, what I'm saying yep. platform, because again. Yeah. You know, what if the purpose is to create this podcast just to touch life? And you may not make a dime from it, right? right? But then who's to say your faithfulness doesn't put you in a position to where you can have an opportunity to capitalize off of it? But however, right. if that is not the case, the purpose mm-hmm. is to continue to push to change people's lives through right. your platform. And that is what you're right. And which is priceless. Like, it, it's you priceless, can't put a price man. on that. No. Um, in someone's life. No. Um, but speaking of that, you know, where would you be, like, if you didn't say yes to purpose? Like, where would your life be? Oh, dead. Wow. Yeah, dead. You know, and uh, and just, you know, for the audiences, uh, and I won't go into too much detail because it's not a lot of time, but I struggled with depression for the majority of years of my life after my parents divorced. And um, football was my coping uh, mechanism and it was my outlet and when that end, ended for me uh, I tried to take my life uh, twice uh, and the, the, the by way of uh, drug overdose the last time and I can remember you know uh, coming through the drug overdose and, and just kind of like I couldn't believe that I lived and uh, because my intentions were to take my life and just you mm-hmm. know what I mean and so I remember God saying, listen, you have purpose, but I'm going to need you to push. Uh-huh. I'm going to need you to push. And he says, I can't do this for you. However, I would uh-huh. be there the moment that you begin to push. And so that push is always uh, walking through and navigating through all of the stuff, the ish, the, the garbage, the the, yeah. the stories, you know, the traumatic experience, memories. It's that's that's the push because yeah. it's almost like you are. Uh, it's almost like if you are walking through a crowd of people, and mm-hmm. God says, "I'll meet you on the other mm-hmm. side," but you got to go through this, right? Wow. And how many mm-hmm. people will try to look for a way to go around than to go through? Because you're going to have to push and press your way through it. And that's what God, and God says, I'll meet you on the other side. And once I begin to push through therapy, uh, through mentorship, through uh, uh, really seeking him, you know. An opportunity. And I I remember this, and and I've said this on several occasions. I remember this. God says, this is the last time I'm going to spare you with the suicide thing. This is the last time. Wow, and that wow sent me so when I think about purpose and and how I got here, mm-hmm. and 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 what it means to me, and what I wouldn't be doing if I didn't have it, I would be dead. Wow, and wow. I think the greatest, and I think Miles Monroe said, "Is the greatest tragedy is not death; it is mm-hmm. being here and not knowing what your purpose is." Wow, and so that you know for me is is purpose has become everything because you know once you identify with why god has you here and who you are and what god has called you to do it eliminates all of the noise around you 
you're no longer <laughs> comparing. You no yeah. longer you're no longer battling or struggling with the spirit of envy, jealous. Yeah. You're not battling depression, anxiety because you're not mm-hmm. measuring yourself up to other people. Mm-hmm. And and I'll be honest with you, this has really put me in a place of peace. Even when I meet other great men, whether yeah. they have whether these men are like I have a lot of friends that played in the league longer than I did. Even okay. though they made millions of dollars, like I can, I, I, I don't go around them and I don't feel some type of way. If anything, I'm excited about the careers that they've had. I can edify them. I can love on them, right? Because uh-huh. again, though my football career didn't end like that, I was able to identify what God really called me to do. But on the other side of that, right, is that uh-huh. now I'm helping these guys identify with what God has called them to do because football was not who we were it was just what we did so the beauty and once you understand who you are god wants you to now help others to discover who they are right 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 i agree with that and i i can identify when you say um it puts you in a finding purpose and pursuing purpose and continuing on the journey it allowed it has allowed me to be silent in in more occasions than than others like I have more peace and I'm more silent about certain things because of that peace and purpose. It's like, I don't have much to say about that, you know? And so I can relate to that as well. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man. Like uh, you really like, you know, as fragile as life is purpose brings so much beauty, even on the days that you don't know what God is doing, the days that you're confused, the days that you just kind of like, you know what? <laughs> in days that you just, you, you can't say anything. But yeah. it's being able to uh, connect in a something that you know that you were chosen to do, whether somebody sends me a DM and says, hey man, I watch your video and it really blessed me. That, wow. To me, you know, that's more than, you know, uh, getting uh, uh, honorarium or, or somebody flying me across the country to speak those things are great mm-hmm. and however being able to touch a life that possibly mm-hmm. could not afford to hear you in the right. arena in which you function in because I've had a lot of those you know kids who schools can't afford to you know bring me in mm-hmm. but they come across my video and that's times I'll say hey send me your address i'll send you i'll send you a book it's those moments man that's like just like i mean i know the angels are smiling i know god is smiling and and it's just those moments that i feel that uh will outlive me because uh the the thing that i've embraced and i I fell in love with when i began writing books is that wow man i'll be dead and gone but mm-hmm. my voice will still be speaking to these kids. And so yes. that is like amazing, you know? Yeah. And the words like, you know, yeah. me being a writer myself, um, I just think about the words of, you know, when I wrote a book, my first book, the words will transcend. Will transcend. Oh yeah. It will just yeah. keep going. And so that's the beauty in it. Um, I know that we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I, I do want to just thank you for coming on um having a normal conversation with me about purpose and to my listeners um that are listening I just want you to share with me or with them um just your social media handles if they want to reach out and connect with you order products um in that manner how can they get in contact with you 
Yes. Uh, so all of my social media handles are the same. Uh, King J Barnett, and that's King J A Y Barnett B A R N E T T. And um, if someone wants to uh, book me or have me come and speak, uh, you can um, go to our website j-barnett.com. And lastly, I'll be launching a mental health coaching, virtual coaching, and sort of counseling uh, platform next week, all virtual. Uh, and so that website is kgbcoaching.com. And again, that site is kg bcoaching.com everything is all virtual you go in there and schedule set up uh, you fill out the intake form you get a link and um, it's like FaceTime uh, wow. you can do it from your phone desktop laptop uh, whichever device and so um, yeah I most definitely wow. want to make sure that I um, tell the listeners about that because I know for some you know, going into an office and sitting down may feel a little uncomfortable. And but yeah. you know, the thing about this virtual mental health coaching and counseling is that you can do this from your home and wherever mm-hmm. you're at. And so, but again, but well, 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 thank you for having me on. Uh, this has been uh, liberating. So thank you. Yeah, same here. Now, now I, I definitely have to keep it real. I have some female listeners that reached out to me when I did start my marketing and sharing. And a few of them wanted to know, wanted me to ask you, are you single? Where are you at in that process? <laughs> What's going on in there? So, so, uh, like so yeah, yeah, I, I, I am single. Uh, uh, I am uh, turning 38 um, in April. You know, I, I'll tell okay. you, Cam, it, it's, uh, you know, and, and you hear this a lot in social media. I, it's, it's most definitely uh, difficult uh, dating these days, especially, you know, I'm, I'm the only kid, you know, uh, I have, uh, sisters who are married with kids and I have half siblings who are married with kids okay. and uh, it's seven total and so I'm wow. the only one with no kids and so okay. uh, but I kind of knew early on that my journey would be different and my siblings knew that and so uh, and so but I but I, I but I have a desire to be married I have a desire to build a family I, I tell anybody and I just told the guy at the gym he's having this conversation I said let me tell you something man one of the most miserable life is to live and not be loved <laughs> and not love yeah, I said it's a miserable I life and I, and I was telling him that you know from you know not from my personal experience but just you know we just have a conversation how a lot of men are closed off and their emotion is turned off and I just said man I said listen dude it's a hoax man I said it's it, it's a miserable <laughs> life I said it man is. you want I said two things you want to do while you're here you want to love and you want to be loved man I believe that God you know that was the purpose of God uh, creating man and, right. uh, and it's difficult because at, at 38 uh, and I'll be transparent. So it's like, you know, if I meet someone my age or older who you know, uh-huh. doesn't have kids, the two things, you know, you meet somebody who has kids, right? They're kind of like, right. hey, you know, like, I'm really into you, blah, blah, blah. But then again, it's like, you know, I don't want any more kids. So that's a challenge. Or you meet the lady who's kind of like your age or older and she's like, uh-huh. I want kids and I want them tomorrow. This is like, oh right. my God. You know what I mean? Right. Because, and, and it's, it's, it's it's, it's a difficult, um, it's a conundrum to hard to, that's mm-hmm. it's hard to really grasp because, you know, uh, you know, men don't really have a clock for when they can have kids. 
Yeah. But uh, and women doing so now, you know, there's this thing of you know, when some women are freezing their eggs, and you know, hey, listen, yeah. whatever floats your boat, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and, and I truly believe that I, I don't think, uh, and I get it, you know, that uh, for health reasons and uh, things like that, and development reason of the child's, uh, you know, function, and and not that you know, I know women are trying to you know have kids. Uh, but I, I truly believe that if that's in God's will for you, whether you're 35 or 45, his will would be done. And that way you can eliminate the stress of the anxiety of uh, worry that, you know, then again, I've gotten to the place to where there's such peace that I have that if that doesn't happen, I'm okay. Meaning like, let's say if I get married and God doesn't give me kids, right. is my life less than now? So right. <laughs> I think if you can, and, and I think people really have to check why they want things more so yes. you know what i'm saying yes. you why know and, and for me uh yes i desire children and god give me that i don't want children so they can uh uh, uh be the uh um be my trophies of look at my kid i want kids so i can pass mm-hmm. down what god has given me because mm-hmm. god exactly. does not bring children to you he brings them through you really? and so i think when yeah. when you can understand that concept it allows you to keep living and to be free and, and for the singles out there. And I know I've just said a lot. It's just, just <laughs> you're, you're not a, you're not living single. You just yeah. happen to be single and you're living. Yeah, I agree. So, I definitely agree. So that's a whole nother episode, but yeah, a ladies, whole episode. y'all heard it here first. Life on purpose with Cam. He is single. <laughs> 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 no, but thank you so much for coming. I am your host, Cam. We are signing out. If you want to reach out to me, if you desire to be on the show to talk about purpose, you can reach me at life on purpose. The number is two zero at gmail.com. My social media is life on purpose 20. And I would love to connect with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope you live on purpose.